Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. What the hell does this mean? It's been dead a while. It stinks. We started this mess, and we have a responsibility to finish what we started. This is a trap. We can't stay here. You see dark blood stains on the ground. And that's how my dad was taught, and that's how my dad's dad was taught. He smells like blood, and he says some stuff. It's Doran. Well, quite frankly, I feel like a bit of a... Oh, never mind. Can't talk if I'm drinking. <laughs> Welcome back to Dice Shame, episode 77, Cut and Run. This week's MVP is a new fan and friend of a friend, Justin Barrett. Justin's been binging through the early episodes, so he's not going to hear this for a while, but hey buddy, you're this week's MVP. Enjoying Dice Shame and wish there was more? The Invicta stream is just a click away. Join us every Wednesday night at 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, starting in April as we head back into our Ghosts of Saltmarsh campaign, starring me, Joe, James Schwartz from Dimension Door Podcast, and an old friend, Chris. It's a loose, fun, live show with plenty to offer if you're looking for more ways to spend your time. All right, should we play some D&D? Let's do it. Harlan 
and I have been doing this thing where if we know we're going to have kind of an indulgent meal later on in the day, we'll get our veggie quotient mm. just like taken care of up top. Oh. So this morning, it's like 9 a.m. by the way, before the show, Harlan and I are mowing. I guess we're still in the process of getting through this like giant bowl. Uh, Harlan, I finished my bowl. Harlan huh? brought me a mixing bowl while I was in the washroom. Did I see my strawberries makeup. and broccoli in there? There's- yeah. So there's broccoli, <laughs> carrots, strawberry, blueberries, there's and she like had cheese strings. Three cups of broccoli in there that I was just going through. You know what? Veggies are important. It's this is what they call rabbit food. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not upset about. it. I love rabbit food. Quite frankly, I like in raw fact, veggies. Yeah. In fact, when my wife goes away and she says, "Make sure you eat vegetables in the fridge," and she's Aww. expecting me to make a salad. I like literally stand there with the fridge door open, eating a handful of spinach, <laughs> eating, know. and then I'm like, and I'm like, I did the same thing. I'm like, there's yeah. my vegetable quota. She can't yeah. say I didn't eat my vegetables. I didn't have to make a bloody salad, but oh. now on to the fun food. Pizza pocket time. Yeah. Of all the vegetables, a handful of spinach was not the one I thought you were going to go yeah. for. I, that's not my. It's the truth. You can't make <laughs> that shit opens up. The just a handful of spinach and an apple and a carrot. Well, and, and maybe... maybe it's because Alex and I were siblings, but to me... like we still I... are siblings. No, no, we were. We were. <laughs> I don't want to talk about what happened. Not since that <laughs> surgery. There was a tear. No, but I don't know. Growing up, our, our mother did a lot of veggies, but they were always sort of folded into things. And I think her reason was, and it was a smart reason, is she wanted us to eat more. So she you know, she put extra veggies, like cauliflower, oh, like in the mashed potatoes. Kids don't notice veggies. They don't like veggies. Yeah, but really, like- I like raw veggies. I just have a very specific, I prefer that. Like I like raw broccoli over cooked broccoli. I like raw pepper over cooked pepper. So oh, interesting. I've I've eaten so many more veggies as an adult when I get to eat them my way, which is sort of just like, oh, grab a pepper and eat the fucking pepper. Like the start of Iron Chef. Maybe that was her intention all along. She wanted you to like raw veggies. Maybe. It took a long time to kick in, Mom. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta rebel. I don't know. Maybe Alex is different, though. The 9 a.m. broccoli, though, is like... Novel. It's a push. That's a push. (laughs) Unless it's in an omelet. The 9 a.m. raw broccoli bowl. Hey. You get your broccoli in, okay? We're having pizza tonight. I got to try this. I got to try this because I definitely do not eat enough vegetables. Yeah. I'm telling you. Well, I I like I don't know if you're maybe it's a palate thing because again, I I like I don't I don't like stir fry. And we had, mm. you know, whenever there was a stir fry and the cooked peppers, I grew up really hating peppers until mm. I ate raw bell pepper and I'm a really big fan. I love as a snack on a lunch, I'll have raw bell pepper with like tuna. Just on a cra- just on itself, you know, and that'll be a great snack. Harlan is a big fan of bell peppers. I think, however, you can manage, well, however, raw. you can manage to put raw. them into your meal, vegetables. I love that last episode we started with a recipe for popcorn, and this one's just like eat some fucking raw vegetables. Don't even cook them. No, I don't like them cooked. Just cut it up and eat it. Put it in your face at nine a.m. We are gonna have the healthiest listenership. That's that's not a bad recipe to start with, I guess. We're unhealthy fucks. Has anybody made the popcorn recipe? I have. I have. But you taught me outside of dice gym. Yeah, that's true. That was this was real life friendship years ago type stuff. Popcorn. I didn't make the popcorn. Alex, did you make the popcorn yet? No, <laughs> I make popcorn all the time. But we we but I don't know what you used. We tend to use co- uh, coconut oil. Uh, I, did you not hear the? You don't listen to Daishin, did you? I did, show. but you didn't. You said something else. You said guarin or something. Ghee. Ghee. What is that? Ghee. Ghee. Oh, ghee is clarified, clarified butter. butter and flavacol. Oh. 
clarified it's butter? Flavor call. Yeah, it, it's where they separate the fat solids from the oil <laughs> of butter. Ask your doctor about mm. flavor call today. It's really because it's like butter oil, well, but it doesn't burn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and coconut oil I found is just so so light that you get this like really. And actually, the butter's even got a little hint of sweetness to it, and and it's just like a very very nice. But what what I didn't agree with was just the the process to be honest with you because what we do is we put the coconut oil in the pot and then one kernel and when that kernel pops you know it's hot enough you pour the rest of the kernels in why do you wait because you don't want your kernel sitting in oil for the whole time why, why? um i don't know <laughs> i think it's something to do with being saturated in oil you know what different strokes my friend yeah yeah the one pops, and then you pour the rest in, and they just start I mean, popping. all you're saying is that you, whatever. Fair enough. It gets the hot, the oil hot enough. Speaking of ghee, ghee whiz, it's time to play some D&D. <laughs> <laughs> let's play some ghee and ghee. Beautiful. All right, let's do it. Night draws in, the sky darkening like a bruise over the city of Everland. Liveried guards patrol the secure walls and towers of the city, totally unaware that this most recent threat has no issue circumventing these fortifications. The bell market is shuttered, now home only to the stray Tresem and alley cats. Up the street to the north, past the theater but still in sight of Moongleam Tower, the usually bustling pub called the Innocent Jester is dark. One room's windows looking out on the back alley are lit. Inside, the tiny form of a halfling man sleeps, surrounded by his companions, swaddled in bandages, crusted with old blood. I kind of picture us having moved out of the room, like a few minutes have passed, and we're sort of speaking in hushed tones and just discussing what we've just uncovered. And Red is sort of looking out the window at the end of the hallway, and he turns back to the others, and he's like, what the hell does this mean? These things aren't just tracking us. But they're hurting our friends. That thing that B said uh, the, about the burrow, that's a hunting term. It, it, it's trying to smoke us out. Mm. It means that there's something more that we have to do to make sure that those things stop hunting us. Not only that, they're clever. And Red sort of gestures down the hall to the open door where B and Orin are. They came here knowing that we weren't to yeah. what? Kill a friend of ours? That's mm. sadistic. That's that's it's evil. Almost as if it was bait. What do you mean by that, Dorn? Well, they're they're going after our friends, and uh, you know, I mean, try, to try and lure us in. Hmm. They went after their uh, B and Orin, who were with us. Maybe they can only go after people that they've interacted with. I, I think these things are clever and. Thera's dead because of us. She's not dead because of us. We didn't do this. The Hunt Lords did this. They were evil. They haunted a town. We tried to put an end to it, and we've at least drawn their attention away from the town. I'm heartbroken, but we didn't do this. Mm. We didn't kill Thera. I agree. We, I've, I've had my share of guilt, but we can't take blame for this, Red. It's the Hunt Lords for sure. I didn't say we killed her. I said she's dead because of our actions, and I think that's true. Hmm. I'm not saying we wallow in self-pity, but I think we have to be accountable. Good or not, this is what happened because she met us. Red is right. 
We started this mess, and we have a responsibility to truly finish what we started. Reg, you've been taking this surprisingly responsible turn to your character, I think, which is really interesting. Since visiting Jalanthar and dealing with the dwarves, and now again in Everlyn dealing with the hunt lords, we're hearing like a voice of reason come from Red that we've, I don't know, you've been very flippant previously, and it just feels like you're kind of revealing a more serious side to your character, which I like. I think it's partly because these are tactics terms and sort of the way about going to hunt a prey that Red understands and has never had to be on the other end of. He is no longer the hunter, but the hunted. And throwing in the mix of B and Orin and the passion that he started to feel for this long lost daughter, he's become a lot more aware of how much he could lose. Jack, do you have a minute? Yeah. Yeah, and Red pulls Doran and says, come on, Doran, let's go see how B and Orin are doing. Mm. Kraloth pulls you aside and says, I really do think it's time that we look into this further. And uh, I mean, we, we can't stay here tonight. I'm not even sure we can stay near B and Orin. If the, this was a trap to draw us here, it means they're watching here for us. So we, we got to get them somewhere safe. There is also the thought, Jack, that these things have only attacked us or people that were with us when we were back in Nuenar's Hold or camping afterwards. I know you want to go back to see Torin, but there's a chance that if you do go and see him... He's in danger right now. I can't stay away either. The, there's a false Kieran there, and I, I know I can't stay long, and I gotta assume they're watching, but I can't leave him in danger either. Difficult decisions. Red and Doran sort of duck back in the room. Yeah, B is actually standing at the window looking out into the night. Doran, maybe you should find out how these things approached. Like, mm. you know, if they if they came in with hoods on, I mean, they looked undead. Maybe the guy at the front door uh, has a suggestion? Yeah, maybe maybe I will look around and I'll see if they uh say B, you never you never saw anybody come in, eh? They she said that she woke up and they were killing Thera. Right. Yeah. Right. Why don't you go ask the front door? Yeah. And Doran uh, exits the room and goes downstairs. And Red will head over to B and sort of stand next to her at the window looking out. Mm-hmm. I know it seems like an empty question, but uh, how are you doing? I'm okay. Oren's going to be fine. Yeah. I, uh, and Red sort of looks at this small halfling softly breathing asleep next to her on the bed. And he looks back to B and he's like, I think he's a fine man. And I think, I think the two of you make a, a pretty spectacular team. She searches your face with her eyes. Her whiskers kind of fold back along her jawline. Dad. Orin and I, um, well, we're in love. He's a wonderful man. You've seen it. And, well, we've we've been talking. We thought it might be a good idea to settle down together. Not like settle down, settle down. But more so, you know, what our relationship might turn into if we weren't constantly fighting for our lives. 
I mean, that's before all of this happened, of course, but we've been talking about it. And Red's expression doesn't change. It's a soft smile as he watches B, as she sort of nervously explains this to him. And only his eyes begin to well slightly. And he just nods. I know. And I'm really happy for you. And I want more than anything for you and Orin to be happy. I never thought that I would have the capacity to open my heart to you. And now that I have, I hate feeling it break. She sits down on the window ledge and takes your hand and kind of guides you to sit down next to her, kind of perched there, the two of you, like, leaning on your tailbones. You've taught me so much already, Dad. Part of me wishes that we'd done this more when I was a kid. River was an amazing mother. She gave me everything I needed. But I would have loved to have grown up with you by my side, and it's meant so much to me to have been able to spend these past few weeks with you. You've taught me so much. I know that this is not goodbye. It's only a temporary separation. You won't be able to escape me. I don't intend to. Good. You're a good tracker. Good. Because I need you in my life. Yes. Where do you think you'll settle down? We'll go to the Hamperat house, I think. Right. Brilliant. These creatures that have been hunting you. The hunt only started after we visited the villa, right? Right. I've been thinking about it today, and we haven't been back since, so it's likely that they don't even know about it. Yes, but nonetheless, you'll be careful. Of course, but if it's not safe there, are we really safe anywhere? Let's not start thinking along those lines. Yes, and Red takes Bee's hand and sort of cups it and looks her in the eyes and just says, I loved being a dad to you. And I could never repay you for how much you taught me about what it means to love. I love you, Bee. I love you too, Dad. And he just looks to Oren and then back to Bee and he's like, He's quite a little fellow though, isn't he? <laughs> Not where it counts. Slong. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Downstairs, Doran, you find that Captain Vico Astiff is still in front of the fire, hands clasped behind his back, just kind of regarding the common room, maybe guarding the place you're not really sure, but he's still on the premises. Is there any bartender? This place is closed down. Mm. You guys are the only occupants right now. Doran walks behind the bar, climbs up on a stool, and retrieves, you know, like 10 silver pieces from his pocket and slaps it down on the bar and pours himself a beer. I like that. Then he gets down from the bar and he walks around and sits down in like a patron's chair at the bar Mm -hmm. and uh, takes a big sip of the beer and then turns to uh, the captain. He says, so my friend up there is, uh, is quite injured and do you have any... Anything you could tell me about maybe how these hunt lords uh, wandered into this place, into this town? The captain, like, rolls the end of his mustache in between his fingers thoughtfully. You called them hunt lords. What do you mean by that? Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's an assumption. 
I, I, maybe it's just a general term, you know, uh, something, <laughs> something hunting <Love>? us. <laughs> deception? <laughs> yeah. Why don't you roll a deception for me? Da, 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 da. He smells like blood and he says some stuff. It's Doran fucking up stuff. Yeah. A 15. Not bad, not bad. And also, I I wanted to just apologize that that we're here and, and this has all happened. Not not that I feel we're responsible, but... And he stops talking and swigs the beer. And do you figure they were looking for you here? You apologized for bringing them here. I love the idea that Doran takes a sip of his beer and just won't stop. Like, as a pause <laughs> while he thinks. You know, he's just like, can't talk if I'm drinking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Glug, exactly. Glug, exactly. Glug. Captain crosses the floor and sits down at the bar, a couple bar stools away from you, Doran. And he uh, he sort of puts his foot up on one of the lower rungs of the bar stools next to him. And he says, tell me what you know about these villains. Doran's eyes wide as he watches the captain and swigs his beer. Kraloth kneels down next to the bed where Thera's uh, body was. And uh, Jackson hops off his shoulder onto the bed and begins kind of padding around and looking for a spot to lie down. And Kraloth, it's like soaked, bloody, like murdered, torn up mattress. Yeah, yeah. Just like putting Kraloth over the evidence. Yeah, and Kraloth reaches out and says, "No, no, 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 come, come here." Pulls it back up, and I look at this mess of blood and tattered linens, and I say. Please, Kalimvor, give me some sort of sign, some sort of clue as to how to prevent this from happening in the future. So, Kraloth, as you kneel by this bed, seeking divine inspiration, looking for clues, anything, um, roll religion check for me. Uh, 16. You're going through B's story in your head as you meditate on this place where Thera's body used to lay, and it occurs to you that you you didn't see the place of B and Oren's last stand. You haven't visited the kitchen of this pub yet. Hmm. Just have a flash of food. <laughs> huh? It's, I mean, it's where you find your comfort, right? <laughs> As he feels his tummy grumbling. I love that it's like also unrelated. <laughs> and he's like, thank you, Kellen Vore, for the sign. <laughs> The kitchen. Yeah, without any further ado, he pushes himself up and uh, moves down to the kitchen. And as you head downstairs, maybe you interrupt Doran and the captain in kind of an awkward tete-a-tete. Oh, uh... Doran is standing behind the bar again. He's put more coin on the bar and he's poured the captain a beer. And Doran's, like, telling this long-ass story about how we're on this greater quest and that sometimes things happen and we can't really help it, but like... A little bit of context. And it's not that we've gone looking for trouble, but so that... So, Kraloth, the droning voice of Doran Iron Fist is echoing up <laughs> from downstairs and as you come down the stairs, you see the captain has kind of got like a glazed look in his eyes <laughs> and he's staring at a half-drunk pint of beer like oh my God, I have to go home soon. It's been such a long day and I can't not be talking to this dwarf right now. I like that that's your your deception role is just you like completely overwhelming him. <laughs> Telling true stories, but just the wrong parts. I know. And as you come downstairs, he sort of snaps to it, stands up, finishes his beer and he's like, well, gentlemen, I'll be by uh, in the morning. 
to take any more information should you want to speak with me, but uh, have a good night. Well, thank you. And where can we find you if we need to speak of this again? Everland. Everland. The city of One Everland, Everland Way <laughs> on the corner of Everland and Everland. <laughs> One, two, shot three, in the dark. Like Everland. fake street. <laughs> Yeah. One, what? two, three, police. Goose street. Avenue. What? <laughs> <laughs> you guys are jerks. Hey, Doran, come check out the uh, pantry with me. Sure. <laughs> Doran jumps down. Cool. So, Kraloth and Doran hanging out. Where's Jack? I thought Jack might also be downstairs, I, I, but I think he might just be pacing the halls. I got a, a thing he's trying to think through at the moment, so he's sort of lost in his own thoughts, walking. Maybe not between upstairs and downstairs, just just lost in thought after his conversation with with Kraloth. Red comes out in the hallway and he sees Jack. Uh, he's got an illusion of a map floating in front of him that's got our path from Nonar's Hold to the through the High Forest to here. He's got a book in front of him called the The Hunt Lords by Jack Page. That is, it's an illusion of a book that he's writing, taking notes, trying to figure it out. He's he's trying to paste together. Okay, we know we've seen them here, there, and here. Are there any rules to how fast they could get between places? How how much time it takes them to find bodies? Jack, you doing okay? I'm just trying to piece it all together. Uh, this is a trap. We can't stay here. I agree. I want to go ask Quinn if he will maybe help B and Oren head back to the Humprat household. That's where they want to go. Uh, they don't want to stay here. I don't think they should, and I think we should get out of here. And I think they should take the horses. I also want to figure out how the Hunt Lords came here, if they just appeared or if they walked in through the front gate. That would give us some sort of idea whether they are able to teleport on spot or if they physically had to walk from the front gates all the way here. Yeah, the more information we have of that nature, the the better. Cool. Do you think I'm going to go do that and Red heads downstairs? Can I can I make an investigate roll to deduce any of those? I'm just trying to figure out, are they traveling like people or are they teleporting between these places? With all your skills and tools and brain cells, Jack, there's no evidence that you have that would suggest that they are moving with superhuman speed. Because the farthest distance that you have seen them travel, potentially, is between Noanar's hold after you, towards the edge of the high forest, and they potentially could have caught up to you because you tarried for so long at Shadowtop Cathedral. Yeah, and, and that's the that's the sort of like okay, there were, there's definitely a few days of like non travel time where they could have caught up to us, and I think similarly here, there's our trip to Jalanthar and back is time they could have taken to get from the high forest. To Precisely, here. you may even deduce that killing them or separating their essence from their undead bodies potentially creates like a day or two buffer where they're not chasing you. Do you know what I mean? Like by killing them at the edge We of set them the... back a little yes, bit of time. precisely. All of these attacks happened in the evening or at night? Yes. So there might be reason to believe tonight, don't just go sleep in your bed. This is literally a trap set for us. Mm-hmm. Red walks through the front door and sort of heads outside and catches the captain. He says, oh, uh, captain, uh, I was just wondering where the body of Thera went. The ranger... Quinn Nadros uh, took her into his custody. And where is he? I believe he said he was staying outside the Bell Market with some refugees, some kind of uh, shelter. Right, thank you. And Red heads off towards there. Mm -hmm. 
I think if it is a trap, I want to get B and Oren and Quinn. I want to get them on the road as fast as possible. So Red is motivated to move. Mm-hmm. They could show up tonight. Kraloth and Doran, you enter through these doors into a dark room. The kitchen there is like copper cookware hanging from the ceiling and on the walls. There is a scene of battle here. And actually on the floor splayed out kind of in the middle of the room beside one of these uh, butcher tables, there is a body with a tablecloth over it. Oh, you know, my conversation skills are terrible. <laughs> are they? But this room speaks to me. And Doran bends down to reveal the face of the covered body. Yeah, Kraloth kneels down next to it as well. The body that you reveal assaults your nostrils. This is a corpse long dead. Long dead? Mm-hmm. How long has it been dead? You can roll a medicine check. Its face is gaunt and rotted. Bone exposed here. 14. Dead for at least two weeks. What is a body this old doing in here? What happened to the bodies of the the hunt lords when we killed them last time? You burned them. Yeah, you can tell by the the way the room. Look over there. And Doran's like pointing around, kind of explaining then to to Kraloth how the battle took place. Yeah, uh, so B told you a lot about what happened in this room. And and then you see Doran, all of this evidence to back up her story. The places where pots and pans made dents on the walls, as B had described Oren's resistance, where he was picking up anything that would come to hand to be able to throw at these creatures. You see dark bloodstains on the ground where this chef who fell would have laid that body is missing i'm gonna just check this body i'm curious if there's any sort of defining features like a gold tooth or something special Mm. about it that Mm. i may be able to glean some sort of identity from yeah you get real personal with the corpse and you don't find anything apart from gross corpse it's what i do (laughs) (laughs) where do you think this this corpse came from I don't know, but it's it's been dead a while. It stinks. You know, I, I, I don't know, but it seems to me like maybe these hunt lords are possessing dead bodies mm. that they weren't hunt lords to begin with. Uh, I'm going to go get Jack. And I cover up the face of the hunt lord again. Kraloth stands and leaves the room to fill Jack in on everything that we've found down here. Reg, you move through the darkness of Everland uh, to a large building with lights on just on the exterior of the bell market you hear the murmuring of plenty of people through open windows and this is probably your best bet in terms of the location of refugees that you'd seen coming from Jalanthar and red panting sort of slows and he moves inside the building and takes a quick look around yeah you head inside He's actually fairly close to the entryway. Maybe he's talking with a little family who are like eating their dinner or something. And uh, he stands when he sees you and kind of rubs his hands on his trousers. And Red just embraces him and gives him a hug like they did on the road when they first met. And he sort of holds him back at arm's length. I'm so sorry about Thera. He just swallows hard and nods at you. It's good to see you again. And you. You've done amazing work here. And Red looks around at all the refugees. Obviously, Quinn has been taken care of. Yeah, he looks side to side. 
Really, thanks to your help, you mentioned having set aside some funds here in Everland for the people displaced by the dwarves and giants, but really, I this is... Thank you. Thank the baker. They're the one that I'm sure has run all of this, but obviously you helped. And that's partly what I want to talk to you about. And he sort of pulls Quinn aside for a second. He mm-hmm. just says, these hunt lords that killed Thera, they were after us. We might not have killed her, but I feel that because she did pair up with us, we have a responsibility. And I want to be honest with you about that. And Red just studies his face, waiting for him to react. People just murmuring in the background of this large room, echoing voices off of the tall ceiling. And you see Quinn's face just blanch a little bit, maybe in fear or anger. It's hard to tell. But what's done is done. Unlikely as it may be, they also could try to go after you. We haven't directly interacted with you for very long, but... I'm worried about how far their reach might be. Furthermore, my daughter B and and her partner, Oren, are heading back to a home that we own the deed for, uh, just north of Belliard, the Humprat household it was once called. I was wondering, to settle my mind, if you wouldn't mind escorting them, as well as our horses, back to the Humprat household. Additionally, and he looks around, he just says, in a hushed voice, I'm sure... There were a number of orphans displaced because of the actions that those dwarves took. If there are any young children, there is a safe place for them at the Humprat household as well, and you, of course, would be welcome to stay. Perhaps even lay Thera's body to rest in a place where you could visit her. And sort of implying that he could bring a few orphans too, because we have them mm-hmm. at the Humprat household, remember? We have the two from yep. Grudhog as well as... Thalus. Yeah. He looks left and right at the people surrounding him, living still in some measure of squalor despite the roof over their heads, and he nods at you. I'll speak with the community and make ready for travel in the morning. There won't be room for many of them, but I'm sure, since a lot of the families were displaced as holds, there shouldn't be too many orphans, Red says with a grave hope. Anyway, There's like 80 orphans. Yeah, well, that's whatever. Anyway... I suggest you leave as soon as possible, because we don't know when these creatures could come back. There are four horses in the stables at the Innocent Jester. Uh, These are the horses that I suggest you take back with you, and again, we would appreciate very much if you did. Let us know if there's anything you need, and Red reaches in the bag of holding and hands him 50 gold, just to cover any expenses for maybe a cart to transport. Cool. And yeah, Red nods solemnly, says, goodbye, friend, and heads back. Out you guys do that like cool warrior handshake one more time. Yeah. <laughs> Dylan, Dylan, you son of a bitch. Our muscles ripple, but reds are like the Bugs Bunny. Like it hangs <laughs> below his arm. Strength is not one of his strengths. Uh, but yeah, Red leaves and heads back to the innocent jester to let B and Oren know of what's happening. Mm. Mm-hmm. So Red, you walk back in through the doors of the innocent jester into this eerily quiet tap room. You hear the low voices of your friends coming from one of the back rooms, the kitchen, probably. Kraloth is making arrangements with one of the guards to deal with the corpse. Now make sure that you burn it before you bury it. It's very important to burn it first. Actually, it didn't really help last time, but do it. (laughs) The guards 
Just nodding. Because that's how I learned. And that's how my, my dad was taught. And that's how my dad's dad was taught. Uh, Jack's got his illusion of his work set up on a table and is walking around that table, staying within 30 feet of it to keep it constantly updating as his mind is churning. And Red heads upstairs to B and Orin. Is Orin awake yet? Or? Yeah, actually. Cool. Oh, good. You come inside and Orin's just opening his eyes. And Red leans out the hall, like in the end of Lord of the Rings. And he's like, guys, Orin's awake. <laughs> and we all run in in slow motion. Gandalf! <laughs> Jump on the fucking bed. He's like, no, no, I'm sore. No, but he, Red walks over and embraces B and embraces Orin. And he just looks at him with a knowing look like, I know you guys are in love and I'm cool with it. You know, doesn't need to be said. Aww. I'm glad you're okay, son. And he sort of <gasps> stands up and steps back and wipes a tear from his eye. And he says, anyway, Quinn is going to bring you to, to the Humprat household. B told me about your plans, Orin, and I'm... Happy to give my blessing for what it's worth. Uh, also, you'll be bringing the horses back because we have a new means of traveling around. Red looks to the door as the others enter. <sighs> Glad to see you're all right, Orin. Thank you, Master Kraloth. Doran walks in. You're awake, little one. Oh, good. Yes, I'm feeling a little bit under the weather, but here we are. Here, we'll eat this. It'll give you plus three to your HP temporarily. <laughs> I couldn't possibly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, fair enough. Orin reaches out for your hand red and kind of pulls you to like a kneeling or sitting position so that you're in line with his line of view and then reaches out a hand to you, Jack, after you enter. Yeah. He takes your hand and again also brings you down to his level on the floor. And He wants us to be friends. Kind of casts a furtive eye over the room. And says, uh, Master Doran, can you close the door, please? Orin's an imp. Orin's an imp. He's going to turn. Scree! And Doran, like, shuts the door calmly with a flat palm. I'm, I'd been meaning to, to write you a letter, but I, I wasn't sure when you'd be coming back to Everland, so... What's on your mind? I'm so glad that you're here. I just, I remember that box that the two of you were opening together that it took you so long over days and weeks you were trying and 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 you found that token the goose three nights ago we were in the tap room downstairs i was livening up the place here and there between the tables with me mandolin making b laugh cavorting and whatnot a group of card players sat in the corner all night don't you ask me what game it was, because I didn't recognize it. I passed by playing music when I saw one man draw a token out of his pocket. Pretty thing, shining in the gold in the candlelight. It was exactly the same as the goose coin you fished out of the infernal puzzle box, Master Red. Mm. I wanted to be discreet, not knowing what kind of attention I could attract by asking about the thing. So when the song was over, I picked the coin right off the table and I said, what a pretty thing. And I asked where I could get one of my own. The man sneered at me and said, Yarter. Yarter? Though you've as much chance of getting one as the chickens across the street, he said. Well-off looking fellow with an oiled hairstyle and fashionable clothes. Hadn't seen him before and not since, though I've been looking. Again, I didn't want to attract attention, so I just flipped the coin back to him and I... 
Told him I'd be uh, accepting all forms of tips, though preferably metal and not wooden. And then the table laughed and I went on my way. I thought, I thought you'd want to know. Thank you, Oren. Yes, this gives new light. And Red sort of looks towards the others. Yata. Yeah, there's there's that like sparkle of of the the puzzle box in Jack's eye just from that like piece of psychic damage it did to us trying to open it that mm-hmm. I think shines in my eye and yours, Red, as we sort of look at this thing. Yeah, but it gets quickly glazed over with the prospect of water deep, unfortunately, and Red sort of almost too excited sees the sadness in Jack's eye and he's like, "Yes, thank you so much, Oren." We need to head off to Waterdeep as soon as possible. Torin could be in trouble. And we've put it on the back burner for long enough. And Red stands up. Mm. What are what are you two going to do? They're heading back to the Humprat household. Oh. They've decided to, well, and Red sort of gestures as if, you know, you can tell them if you want. B is like uncomfortably sort of looking from face to face of the four of you. Well, we're going to... Uh, we're going together. Oh, Doran's like... <laughs> inadequately explains. That would make sense. That would be a logical decision because you'd be able to look... Kraloff, they're doing kisses in a meaningful way. Oh, Dad! Oh, 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 well, why didn't you say so? Well, uh, uh, but I guess I guess that, that then uh, this is... Uh, this is goodbye for now. Only for now. Um, It's... Uh, uh, Master Kraloth, obviously you know where we are, and and we'll be looking after the place for you. Well, good. I, I look forward to coming back and making a huge feast for everybody when we when we do come back that way. Uh, give me a hug here. I'll be I'll be I'll be gentle. <laughs> give me all right. okay. All right, all right, easy. <laughs> and I guess we say our goodbyes. And uh... yeah, I think we all file out of the room. Red hangs back and just turns to be one more time and embraces her, breathes her in deeply and even pulls a hand for Oren and, and brings Oren into the mix for the three of them to hug. She sort of murmurs into your fur, thank you for letting me tag along on your adventure this No, week. no, no. Thank you for coming along. You've showed me so much more than I thought I could ever be. You've made me want to try to be a better person. And I will be eternally grateful because of that. He kisses her and he bends down and he kisses Oren on the top of his head. And he says, you take care of each other, all right? We will, Dad. We'll keep each other safe. And Red heads for the door and uh, heads out to the, to the hallway. A piece of his heart left behind. Aww. Kraloth gives him a reassuring pat on the back as we walk out of the inn. Yeah, Red starts bawling as he's like out. He's just like, it's fine. It's just fine. They'll be oh, fine. Oh, buddy. It's, oh, it's buddy. Come on in. Come here. Come here. You know, uh, and yeah, oh, he hugs Kraloth. We kind of walk arm in arm towards exactly. the tower. He's breathing you and He's like, I just, you know, I never thought I would be a dad. I, now I really like it. I'm, I'm truly shocked. <laughs> <sighs> me too. Yeah. And thank you, Doran, he says. You pushed me to be a better dad to, to be, and I owe you that. Well, quite frankly, I feel like a bit of a... Oh, never mind. Dora just looks down at his feet. What? What is that supposed to be? Well, you know me. I'm always saying the wrong thing at the wrong time. Oh, I see. 
I thought he just wasn't paying attention. No. Yeah, I like to keep it short in the summer. <laughs> <laughs> but what's funny? What's funny is that I mean, Red, you know that when it when push comes to shove, Doran is not going to sell out the party. I do. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I appreciate Doran. So as as we're walking through the streets of Everlyn towards Moongleam Tower, Jack sort of choked up, worrying about what what he could find there. I mean, the the reality of coming back and seeing Oren near dead and Thera actually dead in relation to them because somebody knew they were in some way related. And now, on Red's advice, it's been a couple of days where we haven't communicated anything back to... I'm just... I'm really worried about Torin Until we get back and can make sure he's safe, God, who knows what we're going to find. We just got to get there. When you ascend through the dark stairwells and twisting hallways of Moongleam Tower led by a black-robed teenager, you enter the teleportation room to find that Flowen, the sleepy mage from your first visit to Moongleam Tower, isn't here right now. Instead, a lanky, pale man with sunken cheeks and a big nose is walking a kind of slow perimeter around the circumference of the circle, gesturing with his hands over and over. The smell of sulfur and cinnamon hangs in the air. As you enter the room, he ignores you for a moment, and you watch as he flamboyantly exaggerates and whispers, Ta-da! Nothing happens. He turns to face you, blushing slightly. Nesprol Mank, at your service. Who might you be, please? We're the Nightstone Four. We need to go to Waterdeep. Ah, of course. He gestures for the four of you to enter the teleportation circle. All business. And he lights candles that surround the room in wall-mounted candelabras as you step into the circle of runes carved into the worn stone floor. He speaks a few practiced incantations and the carvings blaze to life, white, blue, and shining. They shimmer for a few moments and then, with a crackle of magical energy, a glaring white portal opens before you. You're drawn into it, sucked in by the gravity of this magic, and you're gone. Nespril Mank alone blinks in the relative gloom after the portal closes, grabs a nearby straw broom, and starts swinging at the cobwebs gathered in the corner of the room. Back to Waterdeep. Oh boy, I hope Torin's okay. Thank you once again to our wonderful Patreon supporters, Christopher Ryan Evans, Mitchell Cadwell, Mari Kroniski, Jessica Orit. Colin Burkhart, Daniel, Doug, Katie Orrit, and Merlin. See you soon! Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.